Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about the business of real life. If you're a working mom or a mompreneur, this is where you want to be. This is where we share tips right off Elaine's Kitchen Table about business and parenting. Being a mom of three and wearing multiple hats, from CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisies Limited to speaker and educator, Elaine knows how valuable your time is, so this podcast is going to be short and sweet. Whether you're tuning in while driving to a meeting, washing dishes, or sitting in the school parking lot waiting to pick up the kids, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated to be that successful person you're capable of being and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. I'm so honored to have you here with us today where we talk about the business of real life. And I'm, I'm just so respectful of your time. So we're going to jam these next this next little while with information that I know will be like a huge, huge asset to your business. And I'm very excited about our guest today. And we're going to talk about marketing and branding, everything we need to learn from right here off our kitchen table. I'm really excited about our guest today. She is a former pro athlete who is also the founder and co-owner of a company called Big Bold Brand. I love the name of that company. She is passionate about engaging business leaders and their teams in experiences that open dialogue, drive brand clarity, and produce incredible business results. Bringing 20 years of branding, marketing, and business expertise to the table, her firm specializes in brand revitalization and marketing solutions for established service-based businesses. I'm just so excited to welcome at Elaine's Kitchen Table today, Carly Cunningham. Hi, Carly. Hi, Elaine. Thank you for having me. I wish you were here in person because then we could actually share hot coffee together instead of the cold coffee that I cold currently. coffee and water. Yeah, <laughs> yes. absolutely. And um, it's too bad it's not video because I think you and I would be so animated. It would be quite entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Carly and I are right now amusing each other. <laughs> <laughs> Hand signals and faces. That's right. Now, Carly, you used to be a former pro athlete. Tell us a little bit more. Fill in that gap. Um, so in my twenties, I was a cross country mountain biker. Um, I rode for the only all women's national level team in Canada. That's awesome. And, um, that's how I ended up in Vancouver. I had worked my way up to the pro ranks and realized that all the talent that was really, you know, kicking butt was coming from the West. And, uh, so I headed to the mountains and, um, Loved the time that I was out here riding, but I burnt myself out within the first year of being here and that kind of put an end to my career. So that was a really tough lesson for me on on personal identity, um, which feeds well into what I do day to day in helping companies brand themselves. And, you know, the difference for me in company branding versus product branding is that company is it's about the people. The brand is really about that human aspect of the people and how they come together um, to drive something forward. So I have to ask you then, then what is it that made you start this business? Now you founded Big Bold Brands. What, what made this happen? Um, Big Bold Brand is what I call my version 3.0. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of funny because I started out in, um, in this industry as a graphic designer in tech in Kitchener-Waterloo, which is a real hotspot for, for technology and still is. And so, you know, that 3.0 comes naturally as I talk about things and, um, what originally made me start out on a business was comes back to that racing 
career and, mm-hmm. and me being a pro athlete is I was I was a designer I was working for an agency um, and the funny thing was is that the crux of the moment was um, the day I went in to hand my employer uh, my resignation letter he was handing me a letter um, of commendation uh, with a raise attached to it and wow. I said, mm, no um, because he couldn't guarantee me the time off that I needed to you know travel across Canada race and it really wasn't all that much time but he just I mean I understand as a business owner now it's really hard to guarantee people things that are that far out but I was really seeking freedom um, to be able to kind of live my life the way I wanted to to live it I didn't want it all to be about um, business and so I went off and started my own firm and I was freelance back then so it gave me a lot of freedom and flexibility to, to kind of explore what life could look like working for myself. So Carly, I have to ask you, so what is it that, uh, you know how people think when you have your own business, like life is easy. And, and <laughs> I know, we laugh. It's like, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it, it is truly very rewarding. But can you share with us one of your most memorable challenges in, in starting your own business? And what was it that you learned from it? Hmm. Even if it was a, a big mistake, challenges. was there like a, a, a big, maybe a, perhaps even a low point? Yeah, I can definitely speak to the low point. Um, so version 1.0 um, was <laughs> that freelance business that I moved across the country in my car, whatever I could stuff in my little golf and drive across the country came with me. And so my Mac came with me and, you know, we started a freelance business together, me and that little piece of metal. Um, and then that evolved where I met um, a, a really brilliant woman who was fantastic at marketing. Um, I was great at the visual, uh, visual identity brand, all the things that a graphic designer did. I was moving into exploring what being a brand expert was looking like. And so it seemed like a really great compliment. And it, and it was for five years. Uh, we built um, a multi six figure firm. We were doing really well. Um, you know, as all things say from the outside, right? You're always seeing that outside picture of everybody's life looks fantastic. Everybody's business looks like it's thriving. Um, and so we were, we were chugging along and, <clears throat> excuse me, the worst part of that experience for me was the business breakup. Um, mm. And it was so difficult because what caused that breakup was we wanted different things from the business to support our lives. Um, and she was a mom of two. Um, I was single, um, I had no children, and so what we wanted from life was very, very different. And the structure of how we needed the business just in the day-to-day working hours was very, very different. Mm -hmm. And that essentially, what the root of that was, was a difference in core values. And so what was going on through the course of our business is our values would pull us together, they would push us apart, they would pull us together, they would push us apart. It was almost like an elastic band, and it just got so strained at one point that the conversations weren't healthy. Um, the business wasn't healthy for us and we had to make a decision. And because I think what people forget is that business is very emotional. We bring ourselves, our emotions, our good and our baggage to the business. And when you get into a situation where you don't know how to resolve it, neither of us had ever owned a business. Neither of us had ever been in a partnership. We were winging it all the way along. And so breaking it up, was winging it. Mm-hmm. And the only way you know how to break up is, you know, like personal relationships and it gets emotional. And so that was really, really tough because not only was 
uh, did it become like an ugly divorce because we didn't know how to manage it. And, and as much as both of us were trying our best, we were kind of tripping over our own stuff. Um, I lost not only a business partner, but I lost a really good friend. And still to this day, we don't talk mm-hmm. and I miss her. You know, mm-hmm. I miss the aspects of us that worked really well together. So that was really sad. That was really, really tough lesson. What I appreciate is is what you learned from this and, and how you're sharing it with us is that core values is so important in in who you work with, whether it's your mm-hmm. client or your future business colleagues and partners or who you are hiring to have that fundamental basis of, of at least similar core values because you can't teach that. But you can teach skills, you can treat you can teach a program, you can teach uh, maybe perhaps even people etiquette, but my core values is it comes with that person. And uh, it, it does make for a, a painful business breakup in, mm-hmm. in, in all aspects. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I, I do want to jump into your expertise. And sure. because you have so much to offer. I, I do want to ask one clarification question because people get mixed up about branding and marketing. What is the difference between branding and marketing? I know I've asked you this before. <laughs> so I know you have an answer. You don't ask easy questions, do you? Um, <laughs> two plus two. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, five in my world because I'm creative. And I'll show you how to, how to do that someday. Maybe. Excellent. Um, if I can figure it out myself. Um, okay, so simply put, um, marketing are the actions that you take to let your customers and clients and partners know who you are and what you offer. Um, it, to me, it's, it's very left-brained. It's very direct. It's I take an action, I get a result, and the smart business owners will track those results, refine, take the action, measure the, uh, you know, get the result, measure the result. It's this great triangle that works really, really well. And to me, that's very, very left-brained. It's almost like zeros and ones. Um, branding is the emotional relationship between you and your clients. It's what they experience of you and your business and the way people talk about you and it's very it's that very right brain it's how do i feel about you as a service provider or you as a company and what what emotions are in that for me and what value do i get from that as a human being that's incredible that's the first time i've ever heard anyone describe it as a left and right brain uh, definition and it's so vividly clear when I see that and absolutely that that left brain is very logical and very you know like almost black and white like written in black and white and these are the steps and this is what it is and and that is the marketing aspect and the branding is you're right it's is what is what are people saying about you what do they remember and what do they feel about your service or 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 product when they see it, hear about it, and talk about it. And marketing mm-hmm. is how do you convey that message so that other people can know and understand it and, and want to come back to you. I, I love yeah. that. Thank you. That's the first time in all my years in business that I, I've ever seen it correlated to left and right brain. And I, I'm fascinated by that because I've done a lot of brain study. So. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I have a diagram that is, um, it's yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I equate marketing to the yin. And in the, in the fill-in of the yin side, it has zeros and ones. And then on the right side, on the yang side, in that emotional side, it has little hearts. 
That is great. That's an awesome visual. The next time I ask you to be a speaker, you can bring that slide. All right. For sure. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming soon. All right. So I'm going to ask you, because you've seen so much, mm-hmm. what, what are the three biggest mistakes that you've ever seen with small businesses that they do with regards to branding and what can be done to avoid those mistakes? So small business mistakes and branding, your top three. I just thought of a fourth. I'm going to start with that one. Sure. Because um, what resonated with me is when you said the, the mistakes that small businesses make. And what's really important is that that small piece in that small businesses don't have a ton of money. Um, you know, we're all bootstrapping it, even if we've been doing it for years. I ran a six-figure business. We were still bootstrapping it. You know, we were doing our own stuff on our own because we could, because we we're marketers and branders. But, like, you do it yourself. And so I think one of the, the big mistakes is that um, small business owners compare themselves to the big businesses and they try and mimic the things that big business does. It's very, very easy for Coke to deliver on its brand promise, um, open happiness. Um, it becomes a very vague promise that even I, as a branding expert, had to think about what do they mean? What are they trying to deliver when they say open happiness? But they're able to run these campaigns where they have, you know, big vending machines in college dorms where, you know, the kids press on something and a piece of pizza pops out or they, you know, an invitation to a party pops out or, you know, they're very able to push money into it. And so both on the branding and marketing perspective, it's, it's understanding what you're capable of and what you can actually do yourself is very, very important. Um, and it's just a very different aspect. Um, another mistake that um, I see all the time and I hear all the time is business owners talking about their brand in the context of their logo, their colors, and their fonts. And that's really dangerous because it can put you in, in this kind of just little box where you could be so much more as a company. Um, Jeff Bezos uh, once said, uh, his famous quote is, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And whenever I speak on that topic and I say that quote in front of a room of people, I just go silent afterwards. And I watch people's faces and I, and I say, read that again and think about it. Your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm-hmm. And I just let it sink in. And then I start to see faces get a little afraid. <laughs> oh my God, you mean... Whoa, because it really resonates on me. So you mean everything I do creates my brand? Yes, everything you do creates your brand. Your brand is the experience you deliver, and it's also the exposure that you have. So the success of your brand relies on that exposure. It relies on, you know, for small businesses, it relies on word of mouth. It relies on you delivering a fantastic service that is different from, say, the other massage therapist the person goes to or the other dentist or the other accountant. It relies on you delivering a memorable experience and ideally so that the person that you've delivered that experience for can't help but talk about you to your friends. So it's that experience exposure combination. Absolutely. And it doesn't take much. It just takes a little bit to make you different. And I remember when I, I was first uh, selling Easy Daisies and, and driving out to local stores myself to deliver a product, I'd always bake cookies. And I would deliver the, the, the order with, with cookies because I know that they've been working hard all day too. And, and you know, it's always such a great treat. Like when I was a teacher and, and a parent would bring me a muffin that they made that day, it, like 
stuck with me till today and I haven't taught in a while. Mm-hmm. And I still have those same retailers today and I still have them still talking about the baking that uh, that uh, I started giving them when I first w- was hand delivering the product. And it mm-hmm. just takes a little tiny bit to make you different from the others because I am not a big toy company or children's product company. But I I appreciated, and that's that's I think that's the bottom line that small businesses have to remember is to be so grateful for every customer, for every positive and every negative feedback that we get back, mm-hmm. and to appreciate it and and show that appreciation in some way. I love what you said about um, one is um, you hit on relationship um, because relationship is so key to building your brand um, and having people talk about you, and it's. A lot of business owners I find struggle with, what is this big thing that makes me different? It's almost never unless you've developed something that nobody else has ever developed before or you've turned something completely on its head. It's always about those little differences. It's about you know how you welcome them into um, your service or into your partnership. It's about um, how you how grateful you are and how you thank them and things that you remember about them or remember to you know even remember it's their birthday. How many service providers reach out to you on your birthday? Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I, like for many. Yeah, like you're you're incredible, Carly. Like I had you as a speaker at one of my events and and you sent me a thank you card, and I still have that and it's it was just lovely and so thoughtful and just. Very lovely. Nice touch. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's gratitude. Gratitude goes such a long way. Just telling people thank you, reaching out to them once in a while and saying, you know what, I appreciate you. Um, I saw this amazing video the other day. Um, it was about a um, nurse, a, a hospital team who had worked on a, on a particular um, child, and I won't go into the details, but what made me really sad was halfway through the video, one of the nurses, when the mother went back to thank her years later, she said, you know what? Nobody's ever thanked me. This is a woman who saves children's lives and no one's ever thanked her. Like, gratitude goes so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. And I'm sorry to cut you off. You were on point three. You just gave me. Don't try to match the big box. Circle back. Um, (laughs) Two more. Two two more more mistakes. All right. Um, Mistake number three. Um, one of the things that breaks my heart is business owners invest in their brand and whatever level that is, even if it is you're starting out and yes, you do need, you know, your logo or your word mark and some fonts and some colors and you get that and you use it for a little bit and then you shelf it. Um, we do a lot of brand strategy development, which is getting clear on messaging and differentiators and developing those values out. Um, what makes me really sad is when it becomes like a business plan, it's just on paper and it gets put in a drawer. Hmm. Um, because you will have invested, whether it's time, energy, money, or any combination of the three into developing your brand um, and some of the strategies for your business, it's so, so important to make sure that you then, as step two, um, launch them out to the world, share them with people, get really excited, you know, branding and rebranding and revitalizing your brand and making those changes. Let people know what's going on in your business. They want to know. They want those updates. They're always hungry for the news. And then also integrate it into your business. Um, so if we talk about integration, we've talked a little bit about values. Um, let's say you've gotten clear on your top 
you know, three or four is pretty much the max that we recommend. Sometimes people will go with five, but let's say you've got three real core values that you've defined. Um, figure out how you're going to integrate them into your business, the experience of your business. Um, you know, the easiest one to recommend is, are you hiring people that are in alignment with your values? Are you partnering with business partners and sponsors that are in alignment with your business? And I know you alluded to that earlier, Elaine. It's, you know, I know that you take a lot of care in who you bring into the mompreneur events and are they aligned with the organization? Are they aligned with you? Um, so that's one example. So don't, don't shelf it. Don't leave it sitting on the shelf. It doesn't do you any good collecting dust. Um, you know, leverage that tool that you built. Uh, mistake number four, um, not figuring out how you're different. We already touched a little bit on this. It's, it's a tough thing to figure out. Um, it's about noticing the nuances. Easiest way to do it is to go out to your clients and ask them, mm. what makes me different? What's special about what I deliver to you? Um, and just kind of let them dig into that. You know, ask them those few leading questions and then, you know, what I call it self-shutty and just listen. And write it all down and keep, you know, go, I would say minimum five, if you can get 10 or 15 answers and then just keep writing, just keep writing, document everything that they tell you. Um, I find doing it in real time is better. You get them, you get that more thoughtful response because um, writing can be crafted for people because they don't want to offend you. So they want to spend the time on it. Whereas verbal gets that, that flow going, just like we have going right now. That's so true. And then go back and filter through it and see what the commonalities are. And I can almost guarantee you that something or things are going to pop off that page as themes and then you can go, okay, yeah, there it is. It's plain as day. It's right in front of me. Um, and they've told me they appreciate that about me. And then you can, again, take that back to the last pieces. You can integrate it. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to ask you, did you say self shuddy? <laughs> <I said, yeah. laughs> yes, I said self shuddy. <laughs> Complete with like hand to mouth closing. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the visual. It's too bad podcasts aren't visual that way. I know. <laughs> yeah, not not to discard all your other great points. I was like, she says self shutty us. <laughs> all these first things I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> and I've heard a lot. <laughs> no, but I love it. Ask ask your clients, right? What is it that makes you different, and why? Because you know, what? I, I think we are afraid to ask. I think because sometimes we don't want to know what they're going to say. But I think that when we go open-heartedly and say, hey, negative or positive, I'm gonna, I, I want to know to make it better for my clients. So that's why I'm always saying be grateful when, when there are negative comments and, and say thank you. Thank you so much for that. I, I wasn't even aware. Yeah, I'm and be so curious. Glad. Yeah, get so, curious about your business. You know, if you think about, take the risk out of it. You know, go to the clients who keep coming back for more. They love you for a reason, mm -hmm. and just hearing them talk about that, they're going to say things you didn't know were important that you didn't expect. And I, I, I go through it. We debrief with clients, and some of the things that come up still surprise me. And it's just, it feels like the biggest hug when your clients love you. I mean, we do it because we want to give back, but you know, there's always an exchange, which is amazing. Yeah, and I, I love how you said that, you know, go and ask the clients who keep coming back because that's your avatar. You want mm -hmm. more of them. So why don't you want to know what it is that drives them to you? Like they're the mm -hmm. perfect people to ask. And then you model it after them. And because you want to seek out more clients like those people. Absolutely. 
And and I mean, not to say that you shouldn't ask the person who's leaving you or 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 leaving your your company in partnership because you also want to know why they're they're leaving if that is the case as well, right? Would you say Absolutely. that? Absolutely, and that too is going to surprise you. Some people are just going to say, well, you know. Um, my neighbor who I've known for 20 years, his daughter just got into doing that and I really wanted to give them a shot. So it may not have nothing to do with you. Um, mm-hmm. It might have to do with they're not values aligned with you and they feel it and you feel it. And then you can just go, wow, what a relief. It's, it's, it is about me, but it's not, if I'm not working for them, they're not working for me. Absolutely. Uh, there's some amazing, amazing discoveries in being brave and being vulnerable and stepping into that space to just be curious um, and learning to detach yourself from that. That's something I had to learn very, very early on in college when, when I was doing, um, when I was taking graphic design was, you know, you're, you're building things for other people. It really has nothing to do with you. And that was a hard lesson to learn, especially with some of the critiques we got. They almost failed me out of year one because I wasn't listening. Mm. Listening, that's, that's a very important one in branding and marketing, listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, self-shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Can I quote you on that? All right. My friend, Carly says, self-shitty moments. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's all good. Drop that one with your kids at the dinner table tonight. That'd be awesome. Self-shitty moment, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, best practice for for strategies when when you're wanting to draw attention to, let's say, your website. So what is a a best practice for for drawing attention to your website? And I talk about website because every business, every small business should have one, I think, yes. But so how do you get people to go there? Oh, the website question. Um, So what I, I'm just looking at my notes and how how I broke this down. Um, the website, if you think about it as the midpoint or, you know, lower down in your sales cycle, um, and in your sales funnel, I mean, you need to drive people to that. And that's effectively what you're asking me. So it's looking at what are the ways I can get people's attention to get them to the location. Mm -hmm. Um, the way I used to um, describe when I was doing a lot of web to clients was, you know, your website is hosted on a lot and the website is kind of like the house and you have to teach them how to get there. You have to, you know, entice them over, whether it be for a meal or something. And, and the web, your website is really not that different. You have to give people a reason to go there. Um, you know, on a, on a high level, it's ensuring that anything that you put out to the world has a call to action. Um, you know, find out more about us is a really general one. Um, a lot of people are going to free downloads these days. So, you know, uh, for your free download on 10 tips for improving your kids' lunches, go to my website. Um, you can, you know, there's lots of things you can offer. You can offer podcasts, you can offer. So there needs, there, there needs to be that essence of value um, in order for people to take action. They have to, there has to be something in it for them. Um, so creating free downloads or anything that you, that you can think of that would add value for them. Um, in your case, it could be, you know, 10% off your first product. Um, I naturally go to service-oriented um, businesses, but I'm trying to think of it out of the box for everyone here. Um, and then it's it's then is the medium to get them there. So social media, great way to get them there. Social advertising, um, I know that Facebook advertising is going absolutely nuts right now, and it's actually getting really tough to 
find affordable ads there. Um, Plus Facebook has just added video advertising. So that's great. And it can be really compelling because you need to create that compelling way to get, uh, get people there. And I know that our very own mompreneur, Angela Crocker is working on a content book right now on content marketing and content marketing is a huge piece to driving people to your websites, you know, writing articles on your blog and then getting that blog out, whether it be on LinkedIn, through other organizations, um, you know, or blogging for other organizations to drive them back. Like, what are all those external places where you can meet your people, be it in person or online, and drive them to your website to that piece of value that they're after? No, absolutely. I I think that you you nailed it, and I think that if people stop listening right now, they got lots of golden gems from uh, the the tips that you have shared. But definitely giving people that essence of value, uh, a reason to go there. And I, I think that is so perfect. I almost want to end on that, but I don't. I'm going to ask you <laughs> one last question. Now, do you have any, now being the easy daisies lady, I'm all about establishing good habits and, and routines. So Carly, what are your top two or three habits in maintaining success in your business? Um, I don't think it's going to come as any surprise to you. Um, one of them is getting on my bikes. Not both at the same time. That doesn't work really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> either my road bike or my mountain bike. Um, I also spend a lot, a lot of time in the mountains, um, trail running, biking, hiking, snowshoeing. Um, so what I, the essence of that point is making time for yourself to do the things that you enjoy. Um, for me, it's what keeps me sane. It's what opens my mind. Um, I find that being in front of a computer or being in four walls can very quickly narrow my thoughts and as a creative person who gets hired for creative creating creative big ideas and synthesizing big ideas into simplicity i need that physical space that gets broader and bigger sometimes i need to feel small Hmm. um, in order to reach um, which is really kind of cool for me Mm -hmm. Uh, i just love being in the mountains Um, and one of the other pieces for me uh, is time blocking and planning Sounds a little counterintuitive for someone who is a big thinker in a creative in, in creative space. Um, we tend to rail <laughs> naturally. We tend to rail against those things because they feel confining. But that's what really gives me the structure to be productive and get things done. Um, I know that when there's a plan for me in my week, and I know what my week looks like, I find a lot more comfort in in diving into that week and transitioning through the pieces because I know why those pieces are there. There's a reason behind that. And then also um, planning from day to day. I find that if I start my day and didn't take a look at the next day or didn't have a production meeting uh, with the team around what needed to be done the next day, I'm completely lost and scattered in the morning. So I really need that structure of what am I doing tomorrow? What does the time look like? What needs to be accomplished? And that just infinitely increases my effectiveness and productivity and hence equaling your success because those are brilliant those are brilliant ha- uh, habits because i look at your first one with which is you know putting time for yourself like like investing that time for yourself because if you don't how are other people going to want to invest time in you and mm-hmm. i think it, it absolutely correlates and that second one is is your your time blocking and planning absolutely you need to set goals that are realistic because if you don't write them down to achieve them it's like shooting arrows at nothing 
Mm-hmm. And then you feel like you've just wasted all this time. Your week has just gone by, and you've accomplished nothing, which is very easy because we get busy in so many aspects of our own businesses. But if, you know, who, someone said that saying like it's it's better to. Uh, okay, I'm really bad with sayings. <laughs> I don't even. Remember. I need to edit that part out. But, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was like uh, you know walking a hundred miles going nowhere or mm-hmm. or. Of going three feet towards a destination through the right door like it's just you have to have those goals and and blocking them and chunking them into achievable uh compartments it makes you feel like you've done something and and mm-hmm. then it does achieve to the bigger goal when you've done all these smaller chunks it's very hard to just look at that big picture like you were saying you know like your job is a challenge when you take all these big ideas and make them into something simple but you have to break them up in order to achieve that. So I think you are brilliant. Thank you, Carly. And Thank I, you. I'd, I'd love to have you on again because there's all these other questions I'd love to ask you. But we want to keep this sweet and short and short and sweet, I think is the real saying. <laughs> it would be my pleasure. Um, anytime I can give back and help inspire other entrepreneurs, is that's, that's, that's a gift to me. Well, you are a gift. And I want to say if people want to find you, where's the best place to find you? Um, uh, our website is bigboldbrand.com. Um, I am on Twitter at brandmaven, um, or they can always shoot me an email. Okay. I'm Carly at bigboldbrand.com. Perfect. I will have all of those on the show notes, so people are welcome to go there. And Carly, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. And Thank you very much for listening, everyone. I'm always honored to hear from you. So please do find me on Twitter at Chat with Elaine or on Facebook at Elaine's Kitchen Table. And I'd be so honored if you went on iTunes and left a rating for this show. It does help the show to show up more on iTunes. So I'm very grateful for, for you for doing that. So thank you again. And Carly, you can say bye to everyone, too. Take care, everyone. Don't forget to go big, be bold. Woohoo! Thank you so much. Bye for now.